It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every single day throughout the weekday. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube. We're finishing up our second week on the show and I've already had people uh, over 200. Subscribe to the show on YouTube. So make sure that you do that as well. And if you're not watching the show over on YouTube, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show over on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, right here on Twitter, at Julian Council, because every day, every Friday, like today, answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. You can also, you know, just reach me every day if you want to by adding me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council, but send in your weekly Friday mailbag questions. If we did not do that this week, let's go ahead and get right into them, starting off with Carolyn, who says, Hey, Julian, thanks for single-handedly keeping Panther fans somewhat sane this past season. I don't know if I'd say somewhat sane, but I'm happy to hear that you've stayed sane, Carolyn, and thank you. She says, question for the mailbag. Luke Keekley is still in Charlotte, but no longer scouting as of almost a year ago now. Sounded like he just wanted to have a timeout to do things he loved, which we can all understand. Do we think that he could be a coaching, he could have an open time, well, hold on. Do we think there could be a coaching opportunity for him within the Panthers organization? Obviously, Matt Rule recently backfilled some current roles with actual NFL experience, so I guess it's not likely this year, but curious if you have any thoughts on whether it's something that could happen in the not-too-distant future. Not all great players make great coaches, of course, but Keekley's vision was always 2020, and you have to imagine that would translate well in a coaching role. Nepotism is strong in the NFL, but it would be cool to see him get an opportunity if he's even interested. Thanks. You're number one. Thank you, Carolyn. Yeah, this would not be nepotism. Luke Keekley does not have any family members who, uh, um, from my understanding, that work in a National Football League and in the Panthers organization. So it would be based off of merit. And I think he would potentially make an excellent coach in the National Football League. You think back to the film study that he did and how he knew all the plays on the opposing teams and how quarterbacks would look at him and be like, 
dude, this guy knows every single one of our plays. What the hell is going on here? Maybe. Um, I don't know. He could come on as a defensive analyst. You would think that if he was going to take on a coaching role, it would probably be under Sean McDermott in Buffalo, who he played for, and maybe even Ron Rivera up in Washington. I don't need not maybe even, but Ron Rivera would make a lot of sense with the Washington Commanders. And I guess Steve Wilkes now here in Carolina. Now he's not the defensive coordinator. He's a secondary coach here in Carolina. That might lead Luke Kuechly to want to come back. But for me, when he retired, I was happy for him. The injuries took a toll on him, especially the concussions. Hopefully his future, he'll be healthy and whole and be able to have a family and then be just fine. And he got into scouting. And I understood in a way that he had just retired. He wanted to still be a part of football. And that was his way to be a part of football. But I was very happy to hear when he stepped down because, like, dude, he's young. He's got a lot of money. If I was young, I mean, I'm young. I'm 28, about to turn 29 soon. And I don't have a lot of money. Um, if I did, I wouldn't be talking to you guys. But either way, I like talking to you guys anyway. But if I was in a situation, and I know it's hard to step in someone's shoes, but I would want to take time away. And I'm happy he took time away. So will he step back in the not-too-distant future to be a coach? I don't imagine he's going to stay away from the game very long. And even this past season, you saw him hanging out in Buffalo where Panther fans freaked out and like, oh, my God, the Panthers are alienating Luke Keekley. How could they be doing this? No, he's just hanging out with his friends. And he did the same thing up in Washington. So maybe one day, Carolyn, and I would love to see Luke back here on the sidelines. And, hell, it'd be really cool if one day he was the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. But it's also going to be up to Luke whether he wants to do that or not. So we'll see how that plays out. By the way, Carolyn, you're number one. Um, moving on, Alex, who gets the axe first, Matt Rule or James Brago? A lot of y'all apparently are not happy with James Brago, who's head coach of the Charlotte Hornets, if you um, are not aware. He has had his struggles, or at least his team has had their struggles over the last couple of weeks. I know they won big against the Cavaliers on Wednesday night, and they've lost, I think, 10 of their last 13, lost 9 of 10 going into the All-Star break. Probably should have won two of those games, the Cavaliers game included in the heat game where the refereeing was just, just mind boggling. And yeah, I get it. The, the players, the Hornets had talked about how they wanted to make the playoffs this year. And that was their stated goal, even though that's not the stated goal from the head coach or from the organization above the head coach, but still there's a lot of ex expectations. A little ball in a second year, you felt good about this team and they've kind of hit a roadblock. They're not good defensively. They don't have a center. So what really do you think, the care the the not the Carolina Panthers the Charlotte Hornets expectations should really be so that's just kind of what I say to people but yeah Matt Rule is probably the first to go I mean he's entering year three playoffs or else where Borrego just got an extension and look out Miguel Angel Ramirez who's the new manager for the Charlotte Football Club which is owned by David Tepper apparently according to Grant Wall who's one of the leading uh, maybe the top soccer writers here in America talked about on his podcast a week ago, how uh, Tepper almost fired Ramirez because he said the team was screwed, which does not inspire confidence at all. A couple of weeks prior to the season kicking off and that he was the coach that he thought would might be on the lookout to potentially lose his job in MLS. So let's add that name, but I would say rule of the three uh, major coaches here in Charlotte. He'd be the one who's first to get the ax. All right, moving on to Mark who's talking about a show from, I think, Monday. You said on today's show, you said that Jeremiah, that Daniel Jeremiah, had inside information that the Panthers are definitely taking an offensive lineman. I never said definitely. I said that it was on the Rich Eisen show. He was a guest. He said the Panthers were dead set on an offensive lineman, according to a source within the organization. Um, you imply that it would be the number six pick, even if it's a reach. And the source 
told Daniel Jeremiah, I didn't imply. The source told Daniel Jeremiah when talking to Rich Eisen, um, Eisen that they would they're dead set on offensive linemen at six, even if it would be a reach, which is why he has Trevor Pinning from Northern Iowa currently um, projected as his number six pick to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Mark also goes on to say, Jeremiah never said the Panthers were definitely using the six pick on offensive linemen, which I'd never said, Mark. I said that they that Daniel Jeremiah was dead set. Read the tweet, listen to the show, use your ears. It's not that hard to comprehend. My guess is if Neil or Quanu fall to six, the Panthers will select them. If they are not there, it would be wise if they can find a partner to trade down in the first round and acquire an additional second and third round pick, then they can plug three holes instead of one. Ideally, that would be great if they could do that. I don't know what they're going to do. And I don't really have a guess right now because we haven't gone through free agency. And Jeremiah said it as much when he was talking to Rich Eisen. Uh, Rich Eisen, geez, I can't speak today. Um, that it would, all this is a fun exercise, mock drafts, but none of it matters until you hit free agency and see what kind of needs they fill. And I've said it before. I would rather them get a veteran instead of getting a rookie left tackle. I know that y'all, a lot of you, maybe not you, think that if you get a rookie left tackle at six, that all, all of a sudden, that position's fixed. That's not necessarily the case. And the same thing with a veteran. Might not be the case as we saw with Matt Khalil, even though if we get somebody like Teron Armstead, a lot better than Matt Khalil. But uh, yeah, ideally, it would be great if they could trade down and get more picks instead of having just one. But Scott Fitter also said on Wednesday when speaking to the media that if there's a generational player there, they're not going to bypass them to get more picks. They're going to take that player. So prepare yourself for that let's move on to Aaron saying in your opinion uh what players are untouchable for trades this season also what are your thoughts uh for giving up a lot of assets for a quarterback this offseason next year has many has many better options in the draft okay I think Devin Leary from NC State could actually be a good NFL quarterback uh, imagine that you're an NC State fan we'll see about Devin Leary he'll be in the spotlight this year as NC State's gonna have a lot of hype going into the season as they are likely to be a top 10 team I think he's solid college quarterback. I don't look at him as being really a, a great NFL quarterback. But we'll have an opportunity, and other ones that might be available are C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner out of Alabama. You can even think about Keaton Slovis, who was at USC, and now he's transferred over to Pitt. He could be back on the radar for NFL draft uh, team or NFL scouts and NFL teams this year. Um, same thing with Spencer Rattler, who had a tough season in Oklahoma. Now he's at South Carolina. He was thought of potentially being the number one overall pick here in 2022. Could he get back to the top of draft boards next season? So there's an opportunity there. As far as untouchable players, I don't think anyone's untouchable. You wouldn't want to move off of Burns. He's a pro bowler, young pass rusher. You don't want to lose those kind of guys, especially if you're going to lose this on Reddick potentially to free agency. Um, you don't want to trade Taylor Moten, considering he's been durable and he's the only guard you can rely on, or not guard, but offensive lineman that you can rely on. So I would say that those two guys maybe are untouchable. Darnold could be untouchable considering no one wants to touch that contract. But then again, the Texans were able to trade away Brock Osweiler. It was an old NBA salary dump type of deal that we don't typically see in NFL. And we saw it even last year where the Panthers had to pay part of Bridgewater's salary to get rid of him, even though not the same uh, situation. Bridgewater is an actual star in the NFL. Well, Sam Darnold probably shouldn't even be in the NFL at this point in time. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I look at it right now, as far as who might be untouchable for the Carolina Panthers. All right, let's uh, take a quick pause and then I'll get back to more of your questions here in just a moment. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. But online.net is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. 
but online remains the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. All right, let's get back to your questions here on this edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked on Panthers. Starting off now with Tanner, who asked, how do they decide who speaks to the media? Um, speaking of the combine, is it between Rule and Fitterer, or is it media relations, or all of the above? I would imagine that Matt Rule and Scott Fitter and maybe even David Tepper and the rest of the organization front office kind of had a conversation of who they thought should speak. It's, I don't think it really matters. You look at the past. I think Matt Rule spoke in 2020. He had just taken the job, and we knew Marty Herney wasn't going to be around much longer. So why not have Matt Rule speak to the media? And then I think last year. Fitter had just been hired, so I believe it was Rule. I don't think moving forward, the general manager and the guy who has 20-plus years of um, scouting experience in the National Football League would be the one that should be at the podium. Now, Matt Rule did speak to a select uh, portion of the local media on Wednesday, so it wasn't like he wasn't available, but I don't really think that's something to uh, make uh, much out of, even though I've said in the past, I think Scott Fitter should be the one who solely makes the decisions um, when it comes to free agents and especially the quarterback decision that's going to be made here in the near future. Um, Bernie, who actually asked, asked me this question on YouTube. I already said you can at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council on Twitter. You can also, if you send in a question um, in the comments on YouTube, I'll get to him. He uh, asks or says, what do you think the Carolina Panthers should do to get back to a winning football team and maintain a winning culture? I've been a Panther fan since 1995, and it's seriously been difficult to follow them now because it feels like we are going to be irrelevant again for years to come. Yeah, it certainly feels bleak, but it's never as bad as it seems. The defense improved. You got young pieces there. If Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy and DJ Moore can keep playing well, when you get a bounce back year from Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall can take that next step and be healthy. And even Shai Smith. And you think about maybe Ian Thomas, who has been prioritized by this organization, especially Ben McAdoo, who's a new OC, formerly a tight end coach in green Bay, if he can get the best out of Ian Thomas and we, he can finally reach his potential. Like this team can take a step forward next season. Uh, it's going to come down to making the right decisions at the quarterback position and really building the right way. They talk about building the right way, but they don't do that. They talk about being patient, but they're not patient. The reality is they're probably screwed when it comes to being, getting a new quarterback. And I know Scott Federer said that the job's open, that they're going to try and Matt rules. So they're going to be aggressive. The aggressiveness led them to Sam Darnold. 
aggressiveness and naivete and stupidity led them to Stan Darnold. They had to move off of Bridgewater because Tepper wanted to move off of Bridgewater. They had to deal for Stafford, but Stafford said, screw that. I don't want to go there. I want to go to L.A. Worked out well for him. Deshaun Watson had his issues, and they landed on Darnold and thought that was a better proposition than bringing in either Mac Jones, who they really liked apparently, and who Matt Rule should never have said last season that he thought Matt Rule, Mac Jones would be a good player. It's like, that's stupid. That doesn't help the situation, especially when your quarterback's playing terribly and you don't have one, especially one on a rookie deal. They didn't want Justin Fields, so they got to make better decisions. But what they need to do is just build the offensive line. They they brought in a coaching staff that actually has experience, develop your players, put the best team around Sam Darnold, and hope for the best. And then when the time comes and the salary cap's right and you have assets, then you can go after your quarterback. But Wilson, Rodgers, I don't think they're going to leave. Garoppolo, Cousins, what do they solve? And then Menchu, what's the point? Wentz, okay competition. Trubisky, okay competition. They're free agents. But really, they just need to focus on building an overall roster. And that's what I was saying even back when they had Bridgewater. Just build the roster and then go get your quarterback. Do what Kansas City did. It's nice that they wanted to do that, but they didn't do that. So have patience. That's my thought when it comes to what the Panthers organization needs to do to get back to a winning football team and maintaining a winning culture. Be patient. Build the right way. And also, you know, get out in the community. Talk to this fan base. Get them back on board. Because a lot of people like you, Bernie, who have been around since day one, man, they're really checked out. And it's sad to see that. Okay, Brody. He says, imagine signing Teron. Teron. I can't say Teron Armstead's name at all. Imagine signing Teron. Ar- That's going to really, if he becomes a Panther, I'm going to have a tough time saying his name. Um, imagine signing Teron Armstead to a mega deal. And signing Ryan Jensen to a mega deal and trading back in the first to grab Trevor Penning to play left guard. I feel we could make a major leap forward with that setup. Yeah, they could. You get a left tackle who's been a pro bowler and all pro in Armstead. You get another center in Ryan Jensen who's been a pro bowler. I don't think he's been all pro. He just came off a Super Bowl. That would be awesome. Now, do they have space to sign those guys to a mega deal? They're going to have to do some restructuring. So I don't know if that's possible to sign both a left tackle and a center to a mega deal. My thought is they're likely going to just have Pat Elfline as center next season since they signed him and he, they got him for cheap and he's better at center than he is at guard. Like if that's the weakest point of your offensive line, then it's not good because that's a center of that's your communication right there. But he at least has experience playing a position. He's clearly better there. Penning is he like six six, like three? He's like big dude. He could play guard maybe, but is he supposed to be a guard? I don't know. But, yeah, I agree with you, Brody. They could take a major leap forward as long as, you know, they fill the other holes on defense, too, and maybe, you know, get better quarterback play, which is probably the thing that they need the most outside of the offense line. You, We can go back and forth on which one's most important for the Carolina Panthers this offseason. Uh, Eric, he said, hi, Julian. Hi, Eric. Question for the Friday mailbag. Is it bad I almost want the Panthers to take the punt god, Matt Ariza, in the fourth round? I think the collective meltdown of the fan base would be quite the scene. Since I know you love draft questions, I figured I'd do you one better and give you a punter draft question. Please don't block me. Ha ha. Yeah, no, Eric, I'm not going to block you. You actually became my favorite person on Twitter. <laughs> Matt Ariza, for y'all who um, don't know, is the Ray Guy Award winner, which is goes to a, awards the best punter in college football last year. Played for San Diego State, which I think Brady Hoke, who is formerly the assistant offensive coach here in Carolina, or something like that, under Ron Rivera, was fired midseason a couple of years ago in his final season. He actually thinks the head coach out there in San Diego State now. Multiple 70 plus yard punts last season. He like was an icon when it comes to like punting. That's why they call him the punt god. It would be pretty funny though if the Panthers only have the pick at six and then their first pick in the fourth round 
is for the punt god Matariza. So I honestly, Eric, would love to see that happen if that does. All right, let's take another quick pause here on Locked on Panthers, and then I'll answer more of your questions here on the other side. We're finally here in the month of March, which is typically the time of year where we've pretty much given up on all our New Year's resolutions, but we're not going to do that this year. We're going to stick to our resolution of eating right, and thanks to Bill Bar, it almost feels like we're not really having a resolution because we actually enjoy eating them. Have y'all tried the Bilt Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Matter of fact, all Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included 100% real chocolate in every single Bilt Bar. They're low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better tasting and they're better for you. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move. Or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house. Or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Okay, let's answer more of the questions here on this edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag. And let's go over to Travis, who says, with the limited cap space, do you think the team can restructure enough people to re-sign number 43 and number nine? That's Hassan Reddick and Stefan Gilmore, for those who don't know. I'm not a fan of overpaying at all. If we cannot, what do you think is the best option to replace them? Okay, so with Reddick, he's gone. Let's just be honest with ourselves. He ain't coming back. The man's had 23 and a half sacks over the last two seasons. He took a discount last year because no team apparently was interested in him they thought that 2020 was a lie turns out wasn't a lie he's also going to add weight and scott fitter already said as much as yeah we have an open line of communication with his agent Hassan's been really good he deserves to get paid and he wants to test the market if he wants to test the market that means he's going to take whatever the highest bidder is yeah he loves phil snow and matt rule and i get the whole temple connection those guys help him be number one pick and even get him in the situation where he's at today that being said, the NFL is a business and the NFL does not care about their players or player safety or any of that kind of stuff. So players should make as much money as long as they can, when they can. And this is Hassan Reddick's opportunity to do so. Last year, didn't get the opportunity, didn't get an opportunity to really get paid what he wanted to. So Gil make as much money as possible. If it's here in Carolina, great. If it's not, great. All I care about is Hassan Reddick getting his bag because screw the NFL and how they treat their players. Realm, as far as uh, Gilmore, you know, he's older. He's going to want to get one more payday. Might be able to get him cheaper than you would have thought back in his prime, of course. And New England's not a place that pays a lot of money. So I think he's going to want to get as much as he can as well. And I think that's what he should do. If it's here, great. If it's not, great. Just get paid. Um, 
I'm, I'm player friendly when it comes to this. I want them to play on my team, but also I just want them to get paid. And if they can play on my team, that's great. But um, with Gilmore, I think he's gone too. The quarterback situation here is in, in flux. Is he really looking to get this re-up here in Carolina? He might be someone who gets signed a, bit, a little bit later in the free agency period. When I say that, like two, three days after all the money starts getting doled out here, I think that might be what happens, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, and as far as replacements, Frankie Louvu, Scott Fitter said it, Matt Rule said it. They think he's a starter. He had a major impact on special teams last year and even in points and times on defense. You already have a premier, a premier pass rusher on the other side and Brian Burns, so it's not like you're going to lose one. It, nice to have two, but a lot of teams don't even have one. Carolina Panthers do have one. Frankie Louvu hopefully can be really good for them next season. So there's an option. And then at corner, you drafted J.C. Horn. You traded for C.J. Henderson, who was a top 10 pick the year prior in 2020. You drafted Keith Taylor, who they seem to like. Hell, you even got Troy Pride Jr. Still got Stan Thomas Oliver. And then I guess A.J. Bouye, if you're not able to bring back um, Gilmore or Jackson, you got him. You'll probably keep him around. And speaking of that, uh, William says, Happy Friday to you, J.C. Happy Friday to you, William. Um, based on Federer's comments this week, is it, it seems unlikely that we keep Gilmore slash Jackson and or Reddick. With that said, do you believe they're saving that cap space for an offensive line then in free agency, or are they being cheap? As always, thank you and keep pounding. Yes, keep pounding to you, and you're welcome, and thank you for listening. Um, yeah, like I said, Reddick, he's gone. Gilmore, probably gone. And I've said this to y'all multiple times now. Of the three, I always thought Dante was most likely to come here. I don't know what his market's going to look like. And I don't know if they're going to allow him to hit the market. Maybe they will. Maybe he won't get the deal he's looking for. And he'll be like, all right, fine. I'll come back to Carolina. Again, don't think you should take a hometown discount. Yeah, you want to go somewhere you can win. But make your money. Secure your future for your family. That's more important than wins and losses. Even though I think, you know, winning and lo- winning and losing is more. It, winning is pretty damn important, of course. But, you know, got to make the money. It's a business after all. Um, I don't think they're being cheap. Reddick is just going to be too expensive. And Gilmore is probably just going to want to go somewhere and win. And I don't know if he's going to believe he can win here. After what he saw over the last half of the season, what would lead him to believe that this is a stable situation where the coach he's playing for now, even be the coach this time next season. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily saving space or offensive line, but if Reddick leaves and it leads to getting a left tackle, I would rather have a left tackle, especially when you already have a pass rusher. And you need someone who's going to block these monsters like Brian Burns and like Hassan Reddick. And they already have spent enough on corners. So if they don't bring back Gilmore Jackson, that would be unfortunate, especially if they don't bring back both. But if it leads to a starting center, hey, I will take that. Let's find some balance, you know, some play some complimentary football on offense and defense here in Carolina, which they have not been able to do over the last couple of seasons. A couple more here. Josh says, hey, Julian. Hey, Josh. With all the potential free agent news, it's looking like Hassan is testing the market. Do you think that Etor Gross Matos can solidify that edge and help more in the run game. It also seems like with him walking, they will try to keep both corners unless they're leaving a little for a quarterback. Do you think they're going to keep Dante to be the long-term op- option opposite of JC, have fun with the Duke and UNC game tomorrow? And he also said, go Duke. Josh, I'm not even going to watch the Carolina Duke game. I'm going to record it. I record every Carolina game. I record every Duke game. I mean, I record like pretty much every college. T- like I, ca- I record every Carolina game, Duke game, State game, Wake game, and Davidson game because I like college hoops. I like to keep track of what's going on. Um, so I'll record it and I will wake up on Sunday and I'll check the score. I'm going to the Charlotte FC game, uh, tomorrow night. And that's my priority and drinking up until that game and watching it and hopefully that the 
they can win. We'll see what happens. It doesn't really matter to me. It's going to be a part of history. And I think it's really cool that we're going to have a sellout record crowd at the stadium on Saturday night. And I'll check the score in the morning. If Carolina won, I'll watch it. If Carolina gets blown out like I think they're going to, I'm not going to watch it. And I can't sit there and stomach any more of this retirement tour from Coach K. If you want to retire, just retire. The fact that he had to come back and get his flowers and have people tell him how great he was is just sickening. Roy Williams said, you know what? I'm done. I'm not the right guy for the job. Quit. Dean Smith quit. Hell, Steve Spurrier, who I love. I read his book. He talked about if I was never the man for the job anymore, I would just quit that day. And damn it, that's what he did. Quit in the middle of the season. Gamecocks went three and nine, lost to the Citadel that year. Probably not the best optics, especially when he showed up on college game day a couple of days after quitting or retiring. But I respect that more than someone being like, you know what? My ego's so big. I need everyone to tell me how great I am. Yeah, Coach K, you're one of the greatest to ever do it. You've stood the test of time. You've recruited great players even back to your beginning time when you had Jay Billis and Mark Allery and Johnny Dawkins and went to 86 and lost Louisville in the title game and the back-to-back championships in 91 and 92. Like They've had a lot of great teams. You've been able to adapt to the one-and-done era and winning in 2015 with with those guys in um, Grayson Allen and Quinn Cook. And I guess those aren't really – well, Quinn Cook is a key player, but Jaleel Okafor and Justice Winslow and uh, Tyus Jones. like He's been a great coach. But did he really need to do this this past season? Hmm? Hmm? So, yeah. Coach K, whatever, man. Respect, but also not not all the respect in the world. Um, even though, yes, you're a great coach. But to answer your question, as I get off my, my soapbox there, Josh, uh, Gross Matos doesn't necessarily fit the 285-pound, like, edge-setting guy that they want when it comes to the stopping the run. I think their linebackers also need to be better. And with probably getting a new linebacker like had they had and we've been over this and i know a lot of y'all have done it because panthers twitter is always upset about something um had they kept perryman would have probably been better against the run last year because your boy jermaine carter jr just wasn't that it wasn't it um which is why he's not gonna be here in carolina next season but i think gross models can help i think he's actually been good against the run i also think he's gonna have a major leap next season a lot of times you see the biggest leap from your second third year i think it's gonna happen for him he's had injuries had COVID at the end of last year after he was really coming on so excited to see what he can do next season um dante i want them to keep dante i think that's the most likely option of the three that we've mainly talked about when it comes to free agents and gilmore and jackson and reddick so hopefully they do that and they said when they drafted jc horn they said that they wanted to find someone who could play opposite of dante jackson well, if you want that to be the case, then bring back Dante Jackson. Will they? We will see. All right, final question from Randy, who's a Heels fan like me. He says, what's up, Julian? Question for the mailbag. Being a Heels fan and watching a lot of the ACC ball, I genuinely can't understand why people are so enamored with Kenny Pickett, especially at six. Given his total career production, the Burrow career arc comparisons are ridiculous and has also a huge reach in my opinion. Am I being ridiculous or are all these draft experts just complete bozos? Keep up the great work on the pod and beat Duke. They're not bozos. I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion. More, some people have more informed opinions than others. Yeah, and I agree with you. Like, I, I watch a uh, unhealthy amount of ACC football. Like, I love college football in general, but having grown up in North Carolina, I've always been inclined to watch ACC football. Of course, growing up, the 330 game on CBS for the SEC, I was always tuned in there. Got to work in the SEC market in Nashville for a couple of years and cover the SEC. So, like, I really enjoy SEC football, but I'm 
always going to come back to wanting to watch ACC football, even if that's Boston College and freaking Syracuse. I'm going to be the one guy in America who didn't go to Boston College or Syracuse who's watching that game because I'm sick. I have a disease. We we I, I'm on that narcotic, man. I'm sorry. Um, but the picket thing. Back in 2019, when Mark Whipple, the former quarterback coach and OC in Pittsburgh for Ben Roethlisberger, helped him win the Super Bowl, when he became the OC in Pitt, at Pitt, and they were talking about we're going to have a pass-heavy offense with Kenny Pickett, I thought they were out of their minds. I thought they were completely bat-crap crazy. Bat-bleep whatever. <laughs> crazy. And in 2019 and 2020, they were. Because Pickett really wasn't that good. His first career start happened on Black Friday, I think, of 2018. Maybe it was 2017. It was 2017. I was still living in Nashville. I was driving back home from, from here to back to Nashville that day. They beat number two undefeated Miami at that point in time. And he was great then, but wasn't great in 18. Wasn't really great in 19. Wasn't great in 2020. But then when all of a sudden was great, like Burrow just like, here's the thing. Like he didn't win the job at Ohio state. Dwayne Haskins threw for 50 touchdowns and the Buckeyes won a Rose bowl. I understand he didn't play well in the NFL and he's not as good a player as Joe Burrow, but everyone needs to stop acting as if like, Burrow lost out to some scrub, like especially in college, because Haskins was a baller that year at Ohio State. And he's got maturity issues. I don't know if the talent's the issue, but it seems, it seems definitely that the maturity was the issue, especially once Ron got there to Washington. And he showed up at the strip club during COVID after they lost a football game. And he got benched. Like, what are you doing? I don't see it as, as a similar comparison. Until this past year, where Bailey Zappy or Zap, however the hell you say his name, the Western Kentucky quarterback who transferred from, I think, like Houston Baptist when he threw for like 60 plus touchdowns. Burrow threw for 60 touchdowns in the SEC, the Southeastern Conference, the best conference in college football, where it just means more. Kenny Pickett didn't do that. The ACC had a lot of good quarterbacks this year. The league as a whole, I don't really know how you, because if Clemson and Florida State and Miami aren't great, then people are never going to say great things about the ACC. But Wake's a good team. State was a good team this year. Clemson was, yeah, they still finished nine and three. I think they won 10 games still, right? They won the bowl game. Pitt was, they had a good season. He was good. And the fact that he's learned how to read defenses because he had to go through progressions is going to help him moving into the forward to the uh, moving forward to the NFL, which is why I think they say he's the most pro ready quarterback. But there's a lot of bad tape. So that's a roundabout way to say, I don't get it either, Randy. So Burrow's that guy. And people keep, all the stories that you read, if you read any excerpts from Bruce Feldman's book about Joe Burrow, that dude's different. And Kenny Pickett ain't Joe Burrow. Like, he's not. He ha I, I like the kind of swagger that he has because he, he did say after they beat, I think it was Miami this year, he's like, I'm about to go out there and have a cold one, just kind of chill. It's like, hey, yes, yeah, I like this guy. He's got a little bit of moxie about him. But is he Joe Burrow? Hell nah, man. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Make sure, again, to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also, follow us on Spotify and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows. And make sure to subscribe to the show over on YouTube, finishing up our second week here on the channel. About 200 subscribers. Let's get that number up. Let's get over to a, let's get to 1,000. Let's do that. Let's make that a challenge. By the end of the month of March, let's do 1,000 subscribers. So tell everyone you know to subscribe to the show on YouTube. You don't have to watch. If you'd rather listen on the podcast, then listen on the podcast. But still go subscribe. Help people find the show. So appreciate everyone for doing that. And again, next week, Friday, the mailbag. Again, 
Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. DM me at Julian Council. At me at Julian Council. And I'll answer your question about your Carolina Panthers. Okay? In the meantime, enjoy your weekend. It's super nice here in Charlotte. And I'm excited for the Charlotte FC game. Even though they're probably going to lose, but whatever. Doesn't matter. Just going to have a good time for the crown. And yeah, that's all I got for you here. So stay safe. Keep pounding. And I will talk to you all on Monday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.